Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 257. That's 257, baby. It's the ENS Wolves Podcast in association with Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined, as ever, by my travelling companion these days. I only see you abroad. Mr. Liam Keane, how's it going, bebe? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Uh, the, the, the listeners might be able to hear... A slight um, croakiness in my voice, um, a so frog. I, a which, which is not ideal for a podcast. Uh, but I, hopefully, it doesn't sound too uh, too deafening. Um, but no, I'm, I'm all good. Mate. I feel I feel well despite the uh, the croakiness, and um, enjoyed a couple of days off because it's been a it's been a busy travel for us, hasn't it? It has, mate. Well, I was struggling after the dorm, and, and you're struggling after the what can we call it? What's the call? The O, the O, far bro. <laughs> A good couple of days. Whistle stop. Very, very quick. But I enjoyed it, mate. I enjoyed Faro, by the way. People who haven't been there, definitely recommend it in Portugal. A um, couple of games, a couple of days, like I say, in and out. But at the same time, um, thoroughly, you know, thoroughly beneficial. Yeah, it, it was quite quaint, uh, Faro, wasn't it? I think that's probably a good way of putting it. Um, yes. Yeah, no, I thought it was nice. It was a nice area. We um, we, we had a great taxi service. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know wow. how much we could really say about it, but um, oh, she was nuts. She was a lovely, lovely woman um, who was linked to the apartment we were staying at. Um, she was the host, host yeah. slash cleaner slash taxi driver slash yeah. crazy, crazy uh, cat lady. And she was very happy to drive us all over the place, which was very sweet of her. Of course, she she got paid for it, but um, look, she was Did a lovely she? woman. But she, <laughs> she was insane. Oh. Um, but I loved it. It was brilliant. Well, I tell you what I didn't love, going going on the motorway um, to try and get to the Sporting Lisbon game, uh, and, and, the, and the I think the limit was probably 70 to 80, and she was going, I'm not joking, we were doing a running commentary between 20 and 30, even dipped down to 19 miles an hour. I mean, yeah. a 10-minute journey took us at least 27 minutes. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, th- th- you know, there's that old adage about going dangerously fast she was dangerously slow which is oh, which is almost impossible to do yeah um, it was like, so it was much like so a lady point... mrs magoo before your time <laughs> so, but yeah way before my time so so much so that cars were overtaking her on the right side of the road to, to overtake of course yeah. they're driving on the right side hmm. so they shouldn't really be paying any attention to her but so much so that, that they were having to beep at her and you know swear and do all sorts because she was going that slow that it wasn't like it was not normal and then she had she had the cheek the to audacity. be the audacity to be whinging at other drivers saying oh they're so dangerous blah I mean I could not believe what I was seeing uh, she drove like she was a hundred years old it was it, it was crazy, uh, but but no in, enjoyable. Uh, got back um, even ended up having having a, a random night out from nowhere on the second night um, after uh, after obviously finishing finishing our work after Firenze and um, took you to a little tequila bar, a little bit of um, a few tacos, and then and then all of a sudden what happened? We, we've gone we've gone for one drink in Irish bar, and then at four thirty in the morning, I, I'm trying to schedule articles to go on the Express and Star website for the next morning. Hammered. Probably shouldn't probably shouldn't say that yeah. out loud, but um, yeah. it's uh, be careful. What, what what happened with the uh, with, with that night? Just went from one alcoholic beverage to a couple of looseners to mm, little cheeky chaser, and then game over. I mean, it was all over the shop. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I, I'm I'm partial to a 
do a drink or two and you like are. having a bit you of like a laugh. an alcoholic beverage. Yes, I mean, I think that's pretty well documented by now. Mm. Um, and I haven't actually spoken to you even off mic about this up until this point. Oh, but God. genuinely, yeah. and, I, and, I, and this is not a criticism, I, I fully endorse this. Mm. You were 100% the instigator of this night. <laughs> actually, I've got to say, I probably you totally was were. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm totally here for it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I think it was brilliant. But um, yeah, we had a, you, you got a little some margaritas in, which weren't quite mm. for me. I had a, had a bit of mine and gave you Yeah, you weren't a massive tequila fan, were you? No. Um, but then we, we were on the Coronas, which Corona's one of my favourite beers. I love a mm. Corona. Goes down so um, easy. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yeah. you started getting shots in. And before we knew it, that turned into two or three rounds of mm. shots. And it became, um, it became very dangerous. And, and you talk about going to bed at... Or, or sorry, still being up at, f- at four thirty doing some stuff. Mm. I went to bed at four and was up at quarter past seven to write two <laughs> stories, um, which which thankfully were not filled with typos. I managed to uh, I managed to put them together pretty well. Um, the professionalism then, at this at this uh, at this paper is incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I yeah, I have to say, I got home that afternoon and went straight to bed for a couple hours because uh, I was I was struggling, especially on that plane ride, and we had. Some I don't know I don't know who it was nearby in a row near us that was letting off some serious smells. Oh, it was and, horrendous. Uh, it was so bad, and I thought I was going to be sick at one point. It was awful. Uh, but after all that, you know, we you know we had, we had a second great trip, and uh, yeah, very very fortunate. It was uh, it was great. Well, you talk about going to bed in Faro. I mean, I think one person might have followed you there. You had a bit of an admirer, didn't you, Kino, in the second bar? <laughs> I Ta- mean, tattooed tattooed uh, older lady. Let's not even go there because look. Albeit I back myself in the um, in, in the looks department, um, she fully loved a bit of Judah. She she liked an older man. Um, I, I may be I may be twenty five, which isn't particularly you know it's not teenage, but I don't I know I don't look particularly old. Um, of course, Judah was rocking the facial hair and uh, and yeah, she she liked you. It's interesting how you tried to turn it on me, but no, she she um, she liked a bit of Judah. Yeah, she wasn't very happy, was she? When we started, we had a couple of lovely Wolves fans actually we met there as well. So when we started, I'm having a couple of drinks with them. Um, she, she she got a little bit frustrated, didn't she? She got a little bit frustrated and then walked off in a huff. Never saw her again. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, we, we were trying to get rid of her for quite a while. Oh um, goodness, man. I, I must add as well. Of course, Judah was was ever the gentleman and uh, and uh, and you know. <laughs> brushed off her advances. Thank you very much. As, My marriage is still intact. I've got, I've got to say that because Alana, you know, I don't want to, I don't want her to be concerned. But um, yeah, we were trying to get rid of her for a while, so it was a bit of a relief when she finally buggered off. To be honest, because <laughs> she, she was really annoying. Uh, uh, dear. Right. Let's get back on. Let's go on to the football then, because we did go and see some um, some some football while we were there. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to touch too much on Forenze, uh, but of course, Sporting Lisbon was was going to be an, an, an interesting one. Um, very much looking forward to that team sheet before it came out um, because really you've got to look at it and you've got to look at a lot of the other teams and, and what they were putting out on the Saturday before the start of the season and you've got to think that that's probably the go-to formation and there might be one or two tweaks from, from teams but I think especially from a from a backline point of view Liam this was a very pivotal game and selection from Bruno now he went back four he went with Nathan Collins he went with Max Kilman Connor Cody was not available well he was, sorry, he was available sorry but um, was was not selected and um, we're going to come on to Connor a little bit with, with the news that's broken today um, but Nathan Collins Max Kilman they look to be the two don't they I think so I think so I mean, we, we were talking before the, the sporting game and we felt that 
they probably would go with that. But and me, you know, especially I felt there was a small part of me that really did think he might bring Cody back in. There's lots of obvious reasons to bring him back in, of course. Um, but on a purely footballing sense, I think you know Collins and, and Kilman probably suit the position most, which we, we've said on here before. And uh, and Bruno went for it, and you have to you have to talk about how massive a decision that is because huge. Yeah, not only is um, is this a player that's been with Wolves seven years and, and he's the captain, but he's a, he's a huge part of the dressing room. He's a huge part of Wolves' history and and how Wolves have you know been on a huge rise in the like, particularly last three, four, five years. Um, and and he goes down if he leaves tomorrow, he goes down as a as a Wolves legend. Simple as that. So to leave him out of um, out of the starting eleven for for the game that you imagine is going to be near enough the starting eleven for for Leeds on Saturday. Um, is a massive call, and it looks very unlikely now that he that he plays on Saturday, which is which is incredible, really. Um, but some people would have seen this coming with with the change to a back four, and um, it just needed Bruno to be brave enough to make that decision. And I suppose time will tell whether it's the right one. Yeah, Max Kilman was always, I think, going to be a nail on starter, and it was whether Nathan Collins was going to come straight into the starting lineup. I know you paid twenty million pound, but he's still a relative youngster. To someone who's been in that, you know, the, the focal part of that club internally and externally for a long, long time. And by the way, a very, very good player. I put a tweet out before, uh, before the Sporting Lisbon game, which you know, I, th- I think ninety percent of the people kind of understood, and ten percent were were maybe critical of. But um, it's it's not the aspect of Conor Cody missing out because I can. Look, football is a game of opinions. And I completely understand that, and I respect that, and I can completely understand people saying Conor Cody is not in the best eleven. If if Wolves play back four, I, I can get that. But it's some of the other stuff that goes on in and in around it, and of course, Liam, we probably see a lot more than than the regular fan who is probably searching for a name or sees things pop up or replies to comments. But some of the some of the comments, and like you say, it is from a, a very much a minority, but. Just the lack of respect to someone who's who's basically you know led led your club like you say for the last five years in one of the most successful periods in the club's history, just 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 makes me very very frustrated and and, and angry sometimes with some of the responses. Yeah, I'll be honest. The word I would use is it makes me uncomfortable to be honest because, um, as I just said in, in my last bit there, he goes down if he leaves tomorrow as a Wolves legend. Simple as that. Seven years. And of those seven, six have been, or, or maybe maybe five, have been very, very successful. Um, and of course, he's got into the England team. Uh, he, he's a massive part of the sort of leadership circle um, uh, with South, Gareth Southgate's side as well. Uh, he, he's massively popular and important in the Wolves dressing room. Um, he's always been a very, you know, forthcoming and friendly person. Does a lot of work outside of football around the club and the foundation as well. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head, really. You can have a footballing opinion, and there's no problem with that at all. We have them every single day, and sometimes we, we say a player isn't suited to A, B or C, or they shouldn't play here or there. Um, and you're allowed to have that opinion, of course you are, but respect is a massive part of that. And um, and, and you have to you have to show a player like Conor Cody the, the respect he deserves, because um, there's a lot of reasons to say that Wolves might not be where they are without him, because he's done an mm-hmm. exceptional job. At the club, so I think some fans probably need to remember that to have the the respect for for what the player's done and what and what's a, you know still a good player he is as well. But by all means, he's not you know thirty eight and and you know retiring soon. He's a very good player still. Um, but you're allowed to have your opinions at the same time. Look, if you don't think he's suited to the to the foot of the back, that's fine, and you're allowed to broadcast that. But I think you probably have to have respect for a player who loves the club as well and uh, and, and has been such a great servant for 
for, for these seven years and whenever he does leave um, whether that's this, this summer or in three years time uh, he's been an exceptional player for Wolves yeah, well, like I said, we'll come on to that very soon. Um, what, what I just uh, just to summarise the game and maybe uh, Liam, I, I thought it was a good competitive game. Definitely the, the most competitive by a country mile so far. Lisbon, decent side as well, um, and the rest of the team. Kind of what we thought really with Raúl being out, um, uh, I, I, Nori, who, who continues to impress me this this preseason, and I'm pretty excited about. I know they're going to probably miss Nelson Semedo for the first the opening few games, or at least the opening couple. Uh, but you know, in a selfish kind of a way, if Johnny was going to play left wing back, I'm kind of excited for I know to get a bit of a chance early on and see what he can do. Uh, especially at Leeds, I think he can be be pretty pretty damaging actually. Johnny on the right, uh, Neves, Moutinho in the centre, and then this three pronged attack up front that actually um, is it, kind of exciting. And look, for the early games, Wolves' is eleven is still a very strong eleven, and it's from a from a front line, especially with the you know the frustrations and really the turgidness uh, of Wolves' strike force last season. A, a front three of of Pedence, Neto, and, and Gibbs White interchanging and 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 being quick on the break and and, and working and and move, the passing and the movement and what we've seen so far, the finishing is something that I, I can't wait to see on Saturday when it really matters. Yeah, I, I don't want to throw a dampener on it straight away, but I think it's going to be a lot more exciting when we have a player like Raul and have Pedence in behind him because I thought that 4-2-3-1 mm. worked really well. But there are lots of positives to take from from playing those three um, together because he's very quick, as you say. They interchange very well. Um, Morgan does like to come central at times. He likes to come inside. I think you, you might have seen the, the, the video the Wolves did yesterday uh, of Bruno mic'd up during the open training session. Um, and he was speaking to Morgan and saying, look, when we when we're starting our play, you know you're out wide and you're and you're in the right position to receive the ball. But when we're moving forward, moving through the third, you come central, you enter where the danger areas are, and you makes things happen. And that's what he's been doing. He's been he comes inside, he comes outside, he roams quite freely, uh, and of course interchanges with with Pedence. Um Of the three, Neto is more sort of fixed, um, but but they you know it's very free flowing between the three of them, and um, and I really like it. I think it works really well and. And uh, and particularly, I mean, I know we'll do a bit on Leeds anyway, but just to, to mention it while I'm here, particularly against a team like one Leeds. Second. One second, let's just write that down. Leeds preview, and you had forgotten something. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. Good man. Um, it, it, you know, it, particularly against them, it's going to be a very intense atmosphere. You know, Ellen Road it, it's got a great um, a great sort of atmosphere there, and albeit it's a bit of an old ground that I whinged about last time, uh, and the Wi-Fi is not great. It's uh, <laughs> the atmosphere is great there, and and they're very sort of intense and, and press and and push um, to, to sort of get the crowd on side. So <laughs> playing sort of counter-attack style football with with you know openings with the three midfielders pushing, particularly then Donker pushing forward, and those three being able to quickly break. Uh, the front of three that is, um, I think that works. That will work really well. I think that could help Wolves create a lot of um, a lot of good chances and, and scenarios against Leeds. So there's, it's not, you know, it's not ideal to, to start a season without a striker. But it's not all bad, and I do think that those three um, it potentially is going to be a really nice, um, really nice dynamic, as Bruno would put it. Yeah, um, who's who would you say? Uh, impress you on on Saturday against Lisbon. Were there any standout performances or anyone who you think that um, could really make inroads at the start of this season who needs to start well? I mean, Pedro Neto, I guess, is the one person who, for me, looks back. He, he didn't look fit to me last season. You can understand that. Even when he came back, fits and starts. Maybe that first twenty minutes, half an hour before he went off injured against Liverpool, way he looked like the Pedro Neto of old. But but. Um, but I've seen nothing in, in pre-season to think that he's he's limited or even 80 or 90. He, he's all in here. 
Yeah, totally agree. I think uh, Neto's looked really, really good, really sharp. Um, I actually thought against Sporting he probably wasn't quite at his best in comparison to maybe Alaves or Besiktas friendlies, but you know I think that's probably got a lot to say about how good a team Sporting are. To be fair to them, um, but equally, you know, he did create the one really good opportunity that got the penalty, so um, he did have a have a say in that game. Um, if I was to choose one player though, I would probably go with Eight Nori, um, and I've gone with him. Or him and a bunch of other players like, you know, Neto, Pedence, Gibbs-White um, in other friendlies. But against Sporting, I think he really stood out. Um, defensively, he looks a lot more comfortable. I think if you, if you go back two seasons in his first year with Wolves when he was on loan, um, that was probably the big criticism of him. Going to a back four rather than a five, you would argue that might be a bit more of an issue for him and potentially somewhere he could he could have a shortcoming. But I think he looks really comfortable. Um, I think he recovers really quickly and really well. Uh, and then going forward, um, that's really where he stands out the most. And I mean, some of the the flicks and tricks. He loves a roulette and <laughs> spinning around, a, spinning around a defender or a midfielder, whoever it might be, to to break forward. Um, and he links it really nicely with with Neto or, or whoever sort of drifts along into that left side as well. Um, and has got a call of a sister in preseason. So I've been really impressed with him. I think he's um, he's been a standout for me. One of the, one of a handful of standouts and. Um, he'll get an opportunity, of course, with, with Nelson Semedo still injured. He, he will be starting. I'll be shocked if he doesn't start uh, on Saturday against Leeds. And I think it's his position to lose now, really. Um, and that's even if Semedo comes back and some people might say, look, Johnny left, Semedo right. For me, the, the way he's playing, and hopefully he starts the season this way, potentially ignore his position to lose, um, even when Semedo is fit. I think he's been that good. Um, just a Just a word on... Another feisty game. It's a feisty Wolves this preseason. We've seen it in, in quite a few in quite a few, you know, matches that we've been available. And um do you think that's a new do you think that's that's something that's been not taught? Do you think it's a new resilience or do you feel it's just a, a circumstantial situation? But you really don't expect to see it in friendlies. Again against Lisbon it, it got a little bit shirty. Even against Forense it did as well. Um have they been told to stand up for themselves a little bit? Maybe a little bit more steel? Do you think they've maybe been a bit too easy um, in that situation? Maybe bullied a little bit last season? And, and Or do you think this is just natural and it just happens and they're just random one-offs just keep on happening again and again and again? I think it's a little bit circumstantial, actually, in this pre-season because look at the players that have been involved. Um, of course, Mosquera was involved in the one with Levante, but we don't we haven't really seen too much of him to say either way. Um, in against Levante and against Sporting, Daniel Pedence was involved, and I think, and this isn't really a criticism. I think we all know that he loves a bit of a, a bit of a feisty scrap now and then. Um, which again, I don't really mind to be honest. I think having a bit of that in your squad is not a bad thing, provided you don't consistently cross the line and, and you sort of put your team in, in jeopardy. Um, Eight Nori was of course involved in one of the, the Sporting ones as well, which him and that Pedro Porro, which I, I actually think. They both could have got sent off for that, and they probably would have done if it was a league game or a or a, or a cup game against Sporting. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a little bit circumstantial in that way. Um, I don't think Wolves really have ever been pushovers. Um, I think you know if they need to to get involved in that, they will do. But like equally, I think I said this on the last podcast. Equally, I don't think it's a particular strength of theirs either. So, um, I'm not mad at it to be honest with you. I don't I don't mind a little bit of uh, you know 
pushing and shoving when it's uh, when it's needed. Um, of course, I do jiu-jitsu, don't I? So yeah, I love a bit of a scrap. It's wow. it's kind of. I had to mention it. Come on, I had to mention it. Um, I'll just check if it's inside the first ten minutes. Let's have a look. Uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not. Carry on. Okay. There you enough. go. Like, I, under, that's that's my under promise 20, to you. Under twenty. Under twenty. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't mind. I think it's it's important to have a little bit of that in your game, but equally, you can't cross the line consistently. In a one-off game, something happens. Players may get sent off here and there. You can see that happening. If it becomes a a narrative and a consistent thing where a particular player or a, a string of different players all get sent off in short succession for Wolves, it starts to become a bit of a problem. So um, I don't see that happening, but I think that's just one thing to, to sort of be, be wary of and keep a, keep an eye out for. Right, Connor Cody. Um, so we go back to it. So here we are. We, we kind of discussed previous to, um, in the last podcast actually, about the amount of central defenders and which ones could or, 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 or should get loaned out if everybody's fit. Now, I must admit, when I'm looking at these the options, and we did discuss Connor Cody, it wouldn't have been the person who I would say would be the, at the forefront to, to leave the club. However, I can remember at our long shot at the end of last season, we did see that Connor Cody could, have, could be the shot person to leave, I guess. So it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Look, you've kind of... Connor Cody will be, will be, even though he's an incredible professional, and we saw that... Not just during the game against Firenze, but but also afterwards, and and he's hurting inside, and yet he still spent 15, 20 minutes with the fans afterwards, meeting and greeting and smiling and posing for every picture that was asked, and and giving his shirt and whatever away, and, and he'll always be, you know, like you say, a legend, a legend at this club. He will, he will be. Um, Everton are in rumour to be interested. He has you've, you've broken this morning, Kino, that that he could leave either on a permanent or potential loan deal. I understand he needs to play games to be able to, to go to the World Cup. He'll be desperate to go to the World Cup. And also, he needs to show to Gareth Southgate that he's playing week in, week out. I understand that that 23-man squad is now a 26-man, but he's definitely going to be um, towards the, the latter end of that selection, you would have thought. And he, he wants to go to the World Cup. And I think Wolves owe him the chance to put himself in that, in that best possible light to be available for selection. Now, if it's not going to be... If Wolves are going to play a back four throughout the season or at least until halfway and he's not going to be involved, then you can kind of understand it. I'm sure that means Willie Bolly stays at the club. It means that, you know, uh, Totti Gomez will, will probably be there as well as backup. A Wolves... Oh, is this the right thing by Connor Cody? Are Wolves doing the right thing by Connor Cody by letting him go? Or... With the amount of, well, the lack of depth of the squad, are they making a, taking a massive, massive gamble, letting go of probably the biggest leader the club's had for a long, long time? I think either way, it's a really, really, really tricky one, isn't it? Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of pros and cons um, as far as I see it, because if they do let him go, um, whether it's a, a permanent or a loan, and they and they let him go to a Premier League rival somewhere to to play minutes. Um, and get himself into this into the World Cup squad. Um, it's really a sort of sympathetic move on his part. In that look, look you're probably not going to play here, but we you've done so well for us. We understand that you want to be in the World Cup squad, so we're going to let you go and play. Now that would be a really nice thing from Wolves to be able to do for for, their, for a player who's you know been a great servant and and, and been a great leader for them. Um, and that's potentially where where it might go, and, and that's really the reasons he would leave if he does. Um, the the risk you're taking is not for me. 
uh, for me, depth doesn't come into the com- uh, conversation here uh, with, with letting him go because I think they're they're well enough stocked um, at centre back. I think if they're going to play a four ways to to let him go. The issue you've got is that as far as we understand it, Bruno is is very open to playing both four at the back and five of the back formations. He wants both of those options there available to him. And if you decide to play a five on one particular game for whatever reason, uh, tactical reason or whatever it might be, um, if Connor Cody's not there, I think it weakens your side. Um, so that, that's one point. The leadership point is an obvious one. Uh, he's massive in the dressing room. Um, he is the club captain and, and is by far and away the biggest voice in that dressing room. Uh, and, and of course, they've lost Sice and Rudy. They haven't they haven't got a plethora of voices. You've got a Moutinho and a Neves and a Raul Jimenez, but there's not a plethora of loud voices there. So that, again, is going to be a loss if you lose him. Um, but equally, are you going to keep a player that is going to be unhappy? He, he's not the kind of player to upset the apple cart and throw his toys out the pram and, and, and make a nuisance of himself. But he also wants to play football. Uh, he wants to be in the World Cup squad. He wants to play for England. Um and if it means moving elsewhere to do it, it's it's you know it's likely he would want to he would want to do that. So um, it's a real big it's a real big gamble in some ways, but equally he from a purely purely footballing point of view, if they are going to play four at the back, then he it's probably the right thing to do. Um, but then do you let him go on loan and don't get any money in because money could be reinvested elsewhere? So there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, and just a final point on this as well. Um, Things change very quickly in football. Um, God forbid there's a, an injury to a defender, a centre-back, um, in the first two or three games uh, in August. Conor Cody might not be going anywhere. Um, it's it's one of those ones that is not going to move quickly. It's not going to be there's not going to be a resolution tomorrow, uh, most likely. But it, And it's one that's probably going to drag on. But if there's an injury and all of a sudden he's the next in line to play, whether it's a four or a five, then he's not going to be going anywhere. And he's going to play the next... 16 games before the World Cup comes around. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of ifs and buts. But as it stands, um, they're, they're open to potentially letting him go f- for the right move for him, for the right move for the club. Um, but equally, there's a lot of reasons you don't let him go, uh, being the club captain, being the major one, really. I mean, to me, if they're going to let Conor Cody go, they see that Willie Bolly's probably the next one in line out the four, if you're playing a back four to me. Because if you're... You're not telling me that... Okay, I understand that Conor Cody, they want to play him and, and they want to give him the best chance for England. But at the end of the day, you know, club before country, you know, Wolves aren't England. So if you're Wolverhampton Wanderers, if you're Jeff Shee, if you're Fosen, if you're Scott Sellers, if you're Bruno Large, if you don't start the season well, Liam, and Bruno said they want to go, they want to be flexible, they want to go to a four, they go to a three, and you're struggling... Uh, Connor Cody for me is is one of the first people on that team sheet. If you need to grind out a result, if you need to grind out a victory, if you need to grind out a clean sheet, however ugly it is, and you need some leaders there, and there were a lack of leaders in that side, there are a lack of leaders at this moment in time, I think, in that team on the pitch. If things don't go well, I just think they could massively regret that call. And it's a difficult one because, like you say, they owe it to Connor Cody to give himself the best chance. However, I'm club over country. If I'm the club, I want... And I've got... You know, if I've recruited, if I've signed four, five, six players this summer, then no problem. But the fact that they haven't, I I would massively have my doubts about going on a loan or something. Remember, Everton barely, barely 
kept, got, stayed in the league last season. Barely. Now, I'm not saying Wolves will be in a relegation battle this season. However, if they start badly, if they start badly with that fixtures, that, fix, that, that, that very kind fixture list, Raul comes back, we're thinking that everybody's going to stay fit. It's not going to happen. They lose a couple of key players. You don't want to be looking over your shoulder with seven or eight games left of the season. Let's be honest. The last 10 games were a catastrophe. And they had a lot of different reasons why that happened. But if I'm looking at the game week one squad and that and that 11, there's eight of those players that played those last 11 games who, who lost nine out of the last 11 or eight out of the last 10. So I don't think it's going to be a complete overhaul of, of, of fortunes. There's going to be some bumps along the road. And if there is, you need someone who can come in and steady the ship. The last thing, and let's be honest, the planning, some of the planning, they've made a few mistakes this, this summer. It might all work out in the next couple of weeks, but they've left it late. What you do not want is to sell or to loan Connor Cody to a, a rival, meaning that you've got to keep in this league come the, come the last 10 games of the season, because that would be an absolute disaster. I can't really argue with with any of the points, to be honest, because it's you, you do run a massive risk by letting him go. Um but you know, equally having an unhappy player and player power in modern football, um, leaving him in the squad when he when he clearly wants to play, and, and and you know how crucial the timing is with the World Cup coming around in November, which he must be sat here thinking right now, look, this is this timing could not be any worse. Um, suddenly dropping out of the team at this point, but um, that, that it leaves a decision to be made. You know, it's it's it is a really tough one. Um, that's why I think it's going to drag a little bit, at least for the next few weeks, because um, you know if there is an injury or there is some sort of tactical reason that Bruno makes a, a quick change and maybe he changes to five at the back within two games, you know you, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and if that is the case, Cody straight back at the side, isn't he? And he's not going anywhere. So, um, so yeah, that's a it's a lot of ifs and buts, it really is. But it, it's going to it's going to go late, most likely. Uh, you know, it's potentially going down to the last couple of weeks of. Or last week or so of the of the window, um, it, it just depends on, I suppose, how quickly Wolves can bring in uh, a couple of players <clears throat> elsewhere in other positions, and then um, whether he starts in the team or not. And as it stands, he's very unlikely to to start against Leeds on Saturday. And it's a strange one to me as well. I mean, look, Frank Lampard knows that he needs a leader in that side and someone who's he's not going to get into a embroiled in, I guess, a relegation battle again. And he's got pressure on him. What does he do when he's got pressure on him? You need to bring someone in who can lead that team on and off the pitch. So I can understand a Conor Cody acquisition. But at the same time, you've got Ben Godfrey, you've got Yerry Mina, you've got... Um, um, who else is there? James Tarkovsky, who's just been, just been signed. So there's your three centre-backs. So it's an interesting one, really, that they, they, bring it, that they want to get bring in another centre-back. Um, or some Wolves fans would have it, a defensive midfielder. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, like you say. This 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 one is probably gonna gonna rumble on for some time to come. And um, you know, we talk about we talk about manager under pressure. Like Bruno Bruno Large understands. I think he'll understand as much as anyone that if they don't start well in these six games, his job will come under pressure. It will come under scrutiny. And if I'm a manager as well, and I need someone to grind out a result for me because I need you know. Um, one or two games of defeats away from being in trouble here, then I'm bringing Connor Cody away somewhere to help me out. So, yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating one. Like you say, one that's going to rumble on. But we have got, I guess, let me have a look at my, you know, we have got 28 days, 27 days 
there's a long day, there's a long time to run in this window, but you know, as it happens, we've had a long, long time, and we've got one signing in in Nathan Collins, which is pretty, pretty much, you know, an excellent replacement for for Roman Say. So, so yeah, there will be signings, Kino, but at the same time, poor. You've got to be very careful. All I'm saying is you've got to be very, very careful because the wrong decision at the back end when it really matters, and that could be a, that could be catastrophic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, as you touch on the the signings as well. I mean, they are going to bring players in. Um, there's been a been players mentioned today, which we'll go on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know fans hate it how late it goes and how concerned it is, but it's starting to heat up a little bit. And I think you have to just be a little bit patient because. Signs are going to come in door, come come in the door. They're definitely going to bring a striker in, um, and of course, it's obvious that they need to. Um, they would like to bring in uh, one or two more if they can, possibly some outs. We know we've just spoken about Cody, and um, but it's it's. I think that's actually a question which I can just touch on now because it's it's relevant to what I'm talking about. One of the questions we've had is about, um, you know, is it fair to say that a, you know, a big money sign like a twenty million plus sign is only going to come in if a player goes out for that price. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's a bit of a, a weird answer because it's difficult to say because they brought in Collins for 20 million. Uh, of course, no one went out for that. Um, but the way that the clubs, clubs run, obviously the, the, the model that we know that they run it in, um, it's, they're not going to go out and spend 30, 40, 50 million without a player uh, or players going out. Um, so they are definitely going to bring a striker in, for example, they need to fill that gap, um, but they're not going to bring in five or six players between now and, and September. So, um, Expect players in, um, potentially goings out as well with with Cody, of course, and um, and yeah, hopefully a uh, sort of a more balanced squad come the end of uh, end of August. Okay, so that's the back. Let's go to the front then. Uh, let's go to this uh, striker Raúl out for for multiple weeks. We almost certain of the front three that we will see at Leeds United, but they are, they are and they have been looking for um, a well, I guess I guess a, a permanent or, or a loan deal uh, with Fabio Silva gone to Anderlecht. Two names that have emerged today. Liam, can you tell us about them, please? Yes. Um, so I, I really do hope my pronunciation is 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 right here, but it probably won't be. Um, but uh, the first one is South Korean uh, forward Huang Ujo. I'm going to say. I hope that's right. Um, so he, he plays for for Bordeaux, um, twenty nine year old, um, and, and to be fair, you know he's he's not got a bad scoring record. He he got eleven goals last season in a Bordeaux side that finished bottom of um, of the French top flight, and and of course were relegated. Um, he, you know he's a South Korean international alongside uh, Huang Yi Chan, who of course is at Wolves. Um, so there's a there's a link there. Um, but yeah, I think the the, the reports are that he he'd be available for a fairly um, minimal fee, um, somewhere around six to seven potentially, and at twenty nine, it's an interesting one because it's it's not, it's not really the kind of player that that Wolves would um, Wolves would go in for. I think his obviously the position and probably the the profile around him makes sense, but in terms of the age and and potentially um, the money you'd have to spend on him, albeit it's it's not a massive uh, a massive outlay, which which again does I suppose link with with Wolves is. Wolves is dealing, so so they're certainly interested in him. There's a a short list I've been told of about four or five players, strikers um, that that Wolves are looking at, and he's one of them. Um, so of course put, put that out this morning, and then um, found out about another one, which is a, a name that that fans will know um, a lot more in Mishi Batshuayi, who uh, somehow is still a Chelsea player. Um, he feels like he's been there a long time now. He, he's got one year left on his deal, 
Um, of course, he was on loan at several clubs. He was recently uh, in the Premier League with Palace. Uh, he's been with Dortmund before that, at various clubs. Uh, last season, he was with Besiktas. Um, scored 14 goals, which is a, a, you know, a pretty healthy return. I know it's not quite the Premier League, but I think a decent return. He's 28 now, um, so you would hope coming into... Into his prime um, and would potentially be a good option. I think fans have reacted quite favourably to him uh, on social media, from what I can see. Um, and his deal is more likely to be alone with with one year left. Um, but you know we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But as it stands, they're both sort of on a short list of, of strikers. Um, and of course, they're hoping to bring in at least one. Um, and it's probably going to move a bit quicker now, uh, which fans will be happy to hear. It's going to move a bit quicker and and. Hopefully, in the next week or two, they'll they'll have a signing in. So yeah, I said before I might have a little story about Mishi Batshuayi uh, to you. So um, interesting fact about about Batshuayi. Batshuayi is my next door neighbour. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, so you know, I've got a little place in London, uh, a little apartamento. I do. So, um, good old Mishi is actually uh, on the same floor as me, to the, to the left, um, along with uh, Mr. Gus Poye, who's a couple of floors above me. But there's a, there's definitely some Chelsea connections and a few other players who are in the same uh, apartment block. So um, I see him quite often uh, in an, in and around, um, and I'm actually going there tomorrow um, as the missus has got a little uh, a little party. Um, so yeah, apologies if I'm hanging for Leeds, uh, Keen. I've got to get the uh, the train up, uh, so so you know I might, I might see him so so I might I might give him a knock and uh, and ask him what the crack is, maybe present him with his um, um, Astro Pay kit. <laughs> I mean that would be the best <laughs> unveiling video of you just knocking on with, with the shirt and then oh, it turns dear. it turns into a graphic and oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be exceptional. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, look, I've chatted too much, of course, um, but um, you know, like, oh, hi, I'm Nathan, I'm a sports journalist. <laughs> But um, but no, he's uh, he's I've I've seen him plenty of times, always around and uh, yeah, um, always always happy and, and friendly and um, and uh, yeah, very friendly with the concierge down there and um, yeah, has a good time and that, that would be an interesting one. I like him actually. I'm not just saying that. I like him as a player. I think that he can score goals and like you say, when you don't upset the apple cart too much, but you want someone who's a bit more explosive, who you know who's decent in the air, who can score you a goal. And let's be honest, you know, Palace don't create too many chances. You expect Wolves to create more chances than what Palace did when he was on loan there. Um, I'll be quite happy with with him coming. I think that would be a a, a good deal for for everyone involved. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I think um, the sort of style and the way Wolves play, I think it would potentially suit quite well. Um, particularly when you've got Raul to come back from injury, you've got Fabio, of course, who's going to return next year and hopefully after a good year on loan. Bringing a player like him in on potentially a loan deal who isn't going to stay long term, potentially unless they, of course, they change their mind. Um, I think it would make sense. I really do. And even if he scores eight goals, let's say, off the top of my head, I think that's uh, with the idea of Raul potentially being the main man once he comes back from injury, I think that's a, a pretty decent return and would be would be a pretty successful loan, I think. So um, hopefully whoever it is that comes in is going to, uh, is going to add a few goals and, and of course, you know, he's the, the burden on Raul and also cover for him while he's away. Well, look, he scored 15 Premier League goals, Liam, and, and you know... Um... Like, like I said earlier on, for me, you've got to bring a striker in last week who's, who's scored Premier League goals, who's got some Premier League experience. And that's why I would... I might go and sign Huang, but for, for me, 
I'd rather have someone who's got who, who knows what it's what it what it takes to play in the Premier League. If you're going to have someone who's going to come in for a season, I don't want them finding the feet for for five or six or seven games. You've got to hit the ground running. You've got to, of course, get up to physical fitness, but you've got to be a useful asset and you've got to be someone who knows the league. And that's why I would prefer to have someone like I'm not saying definite, but like a Batshuayi. Um, you know, scored 14 in 33 for Bajiktas last season but uh, you know one in two we averaged for Crystal Palace in that first season okay he didn't score many in the second season but a lot of those appearances were coming off um, off the bench as well so so you know he, he's definitely got attributes and, and, and look he'll, he'll want to extend his career and, and maybe try and win a deal if it's a loan with a permanent option because we all know that Wolves need another striker anyway so if you can get someone in that mix then he could be a very useful asset to have yeah, I think the Premier League experience thing is a, is a really important point. Um, Wolves haven't got time on their side. I think everyone knows that. So to get a player who can come in, knows the league, um, it's going to take a bit of time to get up to speed with how Bruno wants to play. And I think how high Bruno's standards are means that this player might not get thrown in straight away. But I think to have a player who knows the league and, and, and will quick well be able to quickly get to grips with it I think is um, is massively important doesn't mean that they're going to be a success and it doesn't mean a player who may come in who doesn't have Premier League experience won't be a success but I think in the context of it uh, it has to help doesn't it when, when a player comes into new surroundings at a club but is familiar with, with the league um, yeah you've got to think that that's going to move pretty quickly don't you when you say Keno Something like yeah. that to get a signing in sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to be waiting until September the, or August the 31st, are they, on, on that front? They're going, to, they're going to really want someone through the door, I would say, within the next week or week or so. It's very dependent on the the you know the circumstances with, with individual deals, of course, but it's definitely sort of heating up a bit, a bit more now. Um, and um, I'm, I'm with, with you know a few names floating about, um, two that I've, I've reported on it. You know. Plenty of names flirting about in Faro, baby. <laughs> Yeah, just 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 ask your uh, your Portuguese wife. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly heated up a bit. Yeah, so um, a little bit of patience still needed. I know it's difficult for for fans and you know who want players in, but hopefully that patience is going to pay off sooner rather than later. We're getting there. Yeah, we are. We are. We're getting there with this podcast as well. Um, uh, last but not least, uh, Morgan Gibbs White. Uh, the topic of a lot of conversation at this moment in time. Nottingham Forest rumored to be very much interested. Two bids rejected, um, and uh, and they're not they're not going to stop here. They want him. They want him in this setup. Now, I had a lengthy chat with you off air, Liam, and I'm kind of going to re-explain that and re-explain maybe my thoughts behind it and see what what the situation is. Now, for me, at this moment in time, you cannot sell Morgan Gibbs White, and we put a poll out. What's the what's the what's the what's the least amount you'd accept? Morgan Gibbs White uh, to be sold for. Let me just double check the results as, as it stands. The least amount, remember, this is not, not just what he's worth. This is the minimum fee you would accept. Uh, 6% say 25 million, 16% say 30 million, 25% say 35 million, and a whopping 53% say uh, not for sale. So that's, and that's 1,300 votes. So it's a de- decent selection, decent segment. Um, there to to take apart. So ha- over half don't want him to be sold. Now I'll come back with something, Liam, and, and see what your thoughts are on this. Wolves need some bodies through the door, absolutely. Now if they can get those bodies through the door, if they can get another midfielder in, let's say, let's say they get another striker in, maybe even one more, but let's say those two, 
in and Forrest are pushing come that deadline, come that last couple of days and they offer £35 million with £10 million bonus if they stay up and a and a, and a 20% sell-on clause or something like that, something where they are desperate to land him. Remember, they've only got Jesse Lingard for one season, but they want they want Morgan Gibbs-White in the Premier League on a long-term contract, knowing for a fact that if they get relegated, he can bring them back up again because of what he's done against Sheffield United. And they've got a very saleable asset, OK, but they're paying top, top dollar. For someone who's scored one Premier League goal, let's be honest, in the top flight, now, he has looked a different animal, a different beast this pre-season. And he's, he's turned um, a lot of heads. He's turned my head, to be honest. And um, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that I'd kind of written him off last season. And I think now you cannot sell him. But, and it's a big but, for me, if they do get those two players and Adama Traore stays at Wolves because they don't have any buyers and is ready to play, and is ready to go, and is an option to play on that right wing, right wing forward, I think Wolves have got a big decision to make, and I cannot rule out that he will be sold. Yeah. End of, end of, I'm, I'm speaking for a long time again in this podcast this week. It's not like a lot you. of people are going, Judah, just, just let him speak. Just let him speak. But um, I want to get off my chest, and then I'll, obviously, you know, you're, you're the expert, you know what's going on, but that's, that's my thoughts from the outside looking in. Yeah, I think it's a probably quite a fair point because the Troy situation is an interesting one because I think some fans are sort of speculating that he's either faking an injury or there's something dodgy going on. And, uh, and I'm, I'm told pretty confidently that, look, he, he has got a hamstring issue. He's not the kind of player or character to to make himself unavailable. Um, look, if he if was available, he'd have played in pre-season and, and he would be playing uh, probably, or at least in the squad for, for Saturday. So... Um, the situation with him is that he's still a couple of weeks away and uh, still injured and is, is working on, on a comeback. And there's also no movement in terms of him going anywhere at the moment. Of course, the injury is going to have a massive a massive say in that. Um, but I think it's a fair point because we, I suppose, as much as you said you'd written off Gibbs-White last season, I'd pretty much written off Troy playing in a Wolf shirt again because the likelihood of that happening was very, very low. Um, this injury has put a massive spanner in the works with that. Um, the fact that no club is has really come in with anything um, suitable is is put a massive span in the works as well. So we'd have all expected him to have gone by now, or at least be on the verge of leaving, and he isn't. So when it, when or if Wolves get this very difficult to turn down off offer from a, a Forest or, or someone similar, um, it's it becomes a conversation. Um, Look, Wolves don't want to sell Morgan Gibbs-White. Bruno wants to play him and keep him. Everyone at the club, behind the scenes, players, I think fans, everyone wants to keep him at the club. Um, he hasn't signed the new deal yet, one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still got two years left at the moment. But the second thing is that if Forrest starts to offer £30 million plus, it becomes a conversation then for Wolves at that point. And, and they've always said that. Bruno's already said that, that they cannot ever rule out players leaving however late it is because everybody's got a price yeah exactly of course um, it's just the way football is uh, it becomes a conversation and it becomes a, a decision to make if if Forrest go that desperate to get him and they go that far to, to try and take him and the, the, the worrying thing is that Forrest is spending a lot of money and 
you can certainly see them pushing the boat out to that extent. Um, and, and Wolves have then got a massive decision to make. And if they can, if they have enough time to let him go, bring in another player, have Troy Roy staying as a as an option as well, then you can see it happening. Um, but I have to stress that look, Wolves don't want to sell him, and they've got no desire to sell him. They've got no interest in selling him. Um, but if the offer becomes too too difficult to at least have a conversation about, then they're going to have that conversation. And, and you have to remember as well that this was a player that last summer they very easily could have sold for a fraction of this reported 30-plus um, because he hadn't had his season at Sheffield United yet and he had one you know, Premier League goal to his name. So um, it's not within the rounds of possibility that he goes, but equally Wolves do not want him to go and it becomes a massive decision to make. Um, and, and just to end this point, as we both said on this podcast a few times, the worrying thing is you losing a player like that, whether it's him or Neves or whoever it might be, late in the window, and it becomes a race to replace him or a race to add to the squad elsewhere, whatever it might be, with the money that comes in. Because it's um, you don't want to leave yourself short, but you don't want to be rushing and bringing in the wrong players either. So it's a it's a it's a massive issue, a massive conundrum, to be honest. It's a funny one. I was thinking about this last night because sometimes I think about Wolves in bed. Um, it's funny because if the and it doesn't always work like this but let's say that Wolves had done the majority of their business by now or a week ago and and I'm only talking about maybe another couple of signings a couple of you know first team regular pushing signings in Wolves would actually be in an incredible position now Liam such a position of strength where they can say okay well how much are you going to stump up how much can you pay? How much are you going to go for? You can ask. Let's ask for ridiculous amounts. All these other clubs that sometimes get paid 10, 20 million pound more than 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 what sometimes a player's worth. Well, we've got these players in now, so you've got to really look after us. You've got to really go over the odds if you're going to pay for for one of our players because we're quite happy with the squad that we've got. But. The fact is, is that at this moment in time, they can't do that because they they're just going to weaken them further to an already incredibly weak squad. I mean, no offense to the the team that played against Forense, but it's a damning insight into what the backup is if they get one, two, three injuries. So they're going to have to replace with absolute quality, and have they got enough time to do that? I, I don't think they have at this moment in time. Or they're going to have, pe- have to have people ready to go. They can't have a Fabio Silva situation where they let someone go, either, either you know selling or loaning, and then and then and then not not have someone ready to go literally the next day, if not the same day. So it, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's very delicate balance. But if they had got those players in and across the line, my God, they're in a, they're in a great position. As it so happens. They're still nervous about Gibbs White. They're still nervous, let's be honest, about Ruben Neves. Like, I, I understand that he might be more likely to stay than not, but let's say De Jong stays at Barcelona or goes to Chelsea. You don't know what Man United are going to do. You don't know what the Glazers are going to do. The way that they throw about cash, stupid money, trying to get desperation players or desperate desperation signings last minute and, and paying £20, £30 million pound over the odds. So it's a, it's a precarious position and one that I think... Is frustrating because it could have been a huge position, like, like I say, of strength, and now it's one that we're teetering on the edge here. Yeah, it's never ideal to be sort of negotiating from from weakness, um, and I don't I don't classify Wolves as weak, but I think they're in a weak position than they probably could have been. Um, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, 
And, and yeah, we've said it all along. If you lose a player like like Neves or Gibbs White on August twenty eighth, and you've got you know a couple of days to to make something work and and bring a player in, and of course if you lose one of them, you have to replace as well as you said. Then it becomes a, a race against time, and and they haven't they're not blessed with time as it is anyway with the season starting on Saturday. So it's a real difficult one to weigh up. Um, the players' sort of intentions and and and, and thoughts are going to be pretty key in this as well. I think Wolves and, and Bruno have given Gibbs White a, um, a pretty clear indication of where he stands in the squad and, and Bruno's ready to make him a regular starter. Uh, of course, they've offered him that deal as well, but he hasn't signed it and and there's currently no no sort of update there as, as far as I'm aware. So, you know, if the player doesn't want to stay and there's a, a manager in Cooper at Forest who he's worked with with England youth team before, um, he would be... I think the phrase has been knocked around quite a few times, a big fish in a small pond at Forest, then it, it's potentially an attractive move for him. Um, and, and we've seen the money that, that Forest have been spending, not just transfer-wise, but reported money they're spending on wages for certain players, Lingard being one of them. Um, you'd imagine he makes a, a fairly a fairly decent chunk as well. So um, it, it's a lot for him to, to weigh up. Um, I think Wolves are in a, a much stronger position on the on the on the pitch, and I still think they are now. Um, albeit Forrest have brought a lot of players, but it's a big decision for him too. And, and if he turns around the next week or two and says, "Look, I think I want to go," because he'll be aware, of course, of the of the Forest interest. The Wolves are in an even more difficult position. So, um, it's a, again, it's a lot of ifs and buts. But it's, I think you're right. If, if Wolves were able to probably make a few more additions before this point, they're in a healthy position to let him go if the money's right. Whereas if he goes. Tomorrow, which you know, is not expected to happen, it's going to drag on. But if he goes tomorrow, they've got no one else there to replace him. So it's a really, really difficult position to be in. We're running over this week, but I can make no apologies because we've got so much to talk about. And of course, with the big game against Leeds just around the corner. Uh, going to take some questions in a minute. But first, but first, Kino, what was probably the best part of of our pre-season um, when you've, you've had heat... You've had exhaustion, you've had sunburn all day, and then you get back into our apartments and, and what hit you straight away? What was the most soothing and, and grateful aspect of the last 14 days away? I've got a funny feeling I know where you're going with this. Oh, um, and obviously, it was the delightful aircon walking into oh. 18, 19 degrees after oh, a very hot day. Baby. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, not incredible for the Airbnbs. Uh, electricity bill when they when they say please turn off the air conditioning unit when you leave the building absolutely not mate it's going to be 18 19 when we get back in because we are going to be sweaty uh, do you know what and, and, and i know a lot of people laughed at me when i came in it's probably the american influence but when we bought this house in dorridge i made an absolute necessity one of the first things i did was to install an air conditioning unit into the bedrooms and the living room. And my, oh my, it's taken seven years. But global warming, baby, it's hit us and it's hit us hard. No more of these insulated houses. People need air conditioning units. And I tell you what, Liam, if you need an air conditioning unit in Shea Keen, you don't need to go any further than Kettle and Toaster Man. Kettleandcurtoasterman.co.uk are magnificent sponsors because they have they have any of the fans that you want. They've got air conditioning units. They've got some incredible products. And for me, it's the only place you need to go to to get 
a cool living room. A cool, you know, when you you're wrestling at night time and you're hot wow. and you're sweaty and you haven't you haven't started yet. I'm not the missus hasn't even entered the room yet, Kino. You want you want to get to sleep. You need some cool air. And the Beldre four in one air cooler, heater, humidifier, and purifier. Oh, at only eighty five pounds. Oh, get on it. Get on it. I think you've got to visit the website. And Kino seems to have gone, uh, which is great news. Uh, that, uh, that 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 very important moment. But anyway, oh no! I know I am back. I oh, am he's back. back. I am back. back. He's back. That that and was that, not dramatic. That was not dramatic effect. There was a very was, very. Was that your jaw? Was that your jaw dropping? And you couldn't you couldn't lift you couldn't lift it off the floor. I, I could not lift my jaw off the floor. I wish that was for dramatic effect. There was a very very slight. Uh, technical glitch. However, you yes. wouldn't get that if you bought a product from our uh, Mr. Kettle and Toaster Man. Yes, of course. No glitches. No, no glitch glitches involved. I like it. I like it. I like, I like the way you're coming on board with this sponsorship. It's good. You, 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 you're reading the script very, very well, even though we don't have one. We don't have a script for this show for, well, how long have we been doing this show? Six years? No Hell script. Hell of a long time. No script, baby. Too long. Uh, £85. Get yourself involved. KettleandToasterMan.co.uk. Right, should we take some questions from the beautiful people? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. One second. Um, first of all, very big question um, from Jathan Nuda, who says, who wins in a fight, a Kit Kat or a Twix, both of their strengths and weaknesses? Um, whether it's a physical fight or between two inanimate objects or a fight is in, which one's the better mm. Latter, chocolate please. bar? I'm, I'm going I'm to say the answer to both is the, is the, is the same. Um, mm. It's Twix all day long. Yeah, I, I, I used to really like a Kit Kat, but I've got it's probably my size. I've gone from having just a small double. I need to have four now just to be satisfied. Well, I feel like a Twix. You're getting that caramel. You're getting that biscuit. You're getting that chocolate. You're getting that gooiness. You can you've you've got a couple of fingers. You can wrap it around a bit. If stop it, you've got you can put it in a hot tea and just swirl it around a little bit so it's, it's melting. Oh, it's a magnificent, magnificent snack. It's not it's not top shelf, but it's up there. It's up there. I, I like. I too much look. I like my food. I like both, but I'll take a Twix. I'll take Absolutely. a Twix all day long. Absolutely. Um, Sam says, last week you commented about Nevis's contract and said getting him to sign a new contract on higher wages is a win-win for all parties. But as we saw with Harry Kane last summer, players risk getting hamstrung by their contracts if they do this. Might that be on Ruben's mind? I mean, potentially could be on his mind, but I mean, I think you yeah. used the, the example of Kane there almost as if it was a bad thing, but... Look what happened. Spurs held on to a player who is a world-class striker. Um, he went on to have a very good season and he's now staying with the club beyond that season because, I mean, bringing Conte in was a massive part of that. Um, but he's, you know, he's still staying with the club. So um, I don't see it necessarily as a bad thing. But I, I understand the point, certainly. Uh, actually, just to, I think there'll be other questions on this and where yeah. we're at with the contract. So just to mention it as well before I finish... Um, it looks more likely now with every passing day and every passing week, which we've said a few times now, that Neves is going to be staying with the club. Um, we have to caveat that by saying, look, if a United or whatever comes in with a, a ridiculous offer, he may still depart. But it looks more likely now that he's staying. There's been nowhere near as much interest as Wolves were expecting. Um, but in terms of the contract, of course, I, I broke the, the, the news. I'm trying to think when it was now. Was it maybe May or, or April? It was a long time ago. Um, to say that Wolves were in talks with him over a new deal. He's got two years left. Um, as it stands, obviously, they don't stay in consistent communication throughout the whole 
this whole period, you know, the, the, the offer goes out, they come back, they go back and forth over a certain amount of time. Um, it's sort of, um, it's on the table, it's there, and, and obviously you want him to sign it, but it'll become more of a conversation once the, the window ends. They'll be available to, if he, if, provided he stays with the club, of course, to, to have a bit more of a, an in-depth uh, run into that and hopefully get something sorted. So um, there's there's hope that he will stay and be able to, and, and sign something as well. But as it stands, it's it's quite quiet on both fronts. Sam says, who are our third and fourth choice goalkeepers and are they any good? <laughs> um, so I, I can give you two names. It's difficult to say which way round they are, but it'll be Jackson Smith uh, and Andreas Sondergaard, you would imagine, are the two. Uh, they, obviously, they've got some other players out on loan, like Molden and, 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 and so forth. But... Um, it's difficult to say which one is which, third or fourth, because Sondergaard was with the squad in Spain, um, but for personal reasons flew home before any of the friendlies. Um, Stora flew out, but then didn't play, and Smith played all the games that um, that he was available to play when obviously Saar and Sarkic were out and, and and not available. So um, it's between those two, but they're they're third and fourth. Um, okay. Steve Young says, one more prediction before the start of the season. Pretty pleased. Taking into consideration the new five sub rule, how many league positions do you think Wolves will drop due to the lack of squad depth, assuming one or two more signings are incoming? Yeah, um, it's really difficult to quantify how far they might or or might not drop. Um, Sometimes it might work against you that having so yeah. many substitutes. Like, you know, you want you know players who are coming off cold. I don't necessarily think that that's going to cost you. Yeah, maybe maybe the top four or five teams who can bring world class players off the bench. But sometimes, like you know, it's it's not. It might actually help you that you that you can keep your best players on the pitch for longer. I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a really difficult one to say, to be honest, because I think it probably does benefit the teams that have got bigger squads. Um, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that it it really that it really hurts Wolves as much as as quantifying a space or spaces to, to to drop in the league necessarily. So I think it's probably one to to answer during the season or, or towards the end of the season, probably. Kieran, any any interest in Diaz from Blackburn? Uh, from what I'm hearing at the moment, there's there's nothing in that one. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep it a, a you know tabs on it, keep an eye on it. But from what I'm hearing at the moment, there's uh, there's nothing there. Yeah, I mean, there's a few people saying, I wish should they sell Cody rather than loan him? Um, saying what what kind of price tag would would Connor Cody fetch if they were to sell him? I mean, it's an interesting shout. Someone's saying fifteen to twenty million. Um, I'm not sure it'll be that big, but uh, what do you think, Liam? Uh, I mean, to be honest, that's the sort of figure that was coming to my head as well. Okay. So, I mean, he's he's under contract till 2025. He's still got three years. Um, England international has played ten games, I think, for England. Um, yeah, I think for the right club and the right sort of obviously what he offers in terms of position, I think for what they need. If he was to leave, I would say 15 to 20 is probably about right. Dubby says, uh, any particular reason behind Guau being in Portugal at the weekend? Of course, then the master Supremo Fosun, who was was at the Sporting Lisbon game. Living in hope, he's about there to do some business, he says. (laughs) Uh, I I always hate having to pick you up on things, but um, I'll be honest with you, I only learned this recently as well. It's actually pronounced Gore. Oh, okay. Just so you know. But I didn't know that until recently, so I I won't... uh, I won't bat you too much for it. Um, as, in, as, in, as in the bull gore, goring its victim. 
if you if you want to put it that way, yeah, I, I suppose that works. Frank uh, called the Indianapolis Colts well, running back. What's uh, Huang Yichan's nickname? The Bull. Oh, there's the some. Bull. There's some. There's there's some sort of epiphany Re- there. To Steve, uh, Stevie, yeah, I know that's what you're going to go with. You go <laughs> there's with. some sort of epiphany there with with Huang scoring twenty plus goals this season. I can see it. Stop it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the obvious thing to say is that Foson had a had a conference in Lisbon, I think, the week before, so he was obviously in the area. Um, but from what I'm told, he, you know, is, Wolves is a massive part of their sort of portfolio. It's something very different to what they've to what they've got in terms of, sort of their business portfolio. That is for Foson, um, and um, and there's a massive interest in it, you know. And and they would he would like to come to more games. I think the pandemic got in the way originally, so. I think hopefully he'll be coming to more, and um, and they do take a big interest in what in what happens. So uh, partly he was in the area, partly you know he wanted to get get down there and uh, and watch some games as well. Uh, Jared says, uh, how can Wolves make a strong attack without a striker? Which winger would you see as the false nine until Raúl returns? Um, I think we're probably likely to see what we saw against um, against Sporting, and it'll be Pedence down the middle. Um, but we we made the point, and we said it already in this podcast that they interchange a lot. Very, uh, you know, they're roaming quite freely. So you know, Morgan Gibbs White will come centrally at times, and, and it will sort of move around. So um, I think sort of traditionally lining up, it will probably be Pedence, but they will move around quite a bit. Um, but equally, you know, against I think it was Levante, Gibbs White started centrally, so I can see it happening. Um, Either way round, but I think probably Pedence is more likely. Luke Brereton, has the relationship with Mendes ended? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, no, of course no. They've still got a... It's not dead. They've still got a relationship with him and, and, and of course, they do business elsewhere as well. Um, it's it, it's interesting to note that you know they probably haven't brought as many in um, in, the, in the last window or two than, than previously, but I think that's probably more linked to the way Wolves have, uh, have done business, really, in that they, they haven't... You know, spent a lot on on individual players in the last window or two. So, uh, no, it's, it's not a dead a dead link. It's still there. Um, but of course, he's an agent with an agency that does business with a lot of clubs and a lot of players. And um, you know, I think it's probably fair to say Wolves are not always going to be the priority. So they've they've got to look elsewhere as well. Links Wolf, can you talk us through the anatomy of breaking a transfer, please? For example, how do you find out? When do you find out? Is there an agreement in place with the club about timings of releasing the story? Are you sitting on any juicy transfer news? <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting one actually because I did see a few sort of um, this might be the right way to phrase it conspiracy theories and things like that going around where some people seem to think that you know all the journalists that that cover Wolves in one way or another get all of the information at the same time from the same person and then they all agree when to put it out or they all agree that this one person is going to put it out first and everyone else will put it out 10 minutes later and it's it's just not the way it works. Um, as, as journalists, by definition, look, we, we go out and we get our own information um, from, from from sources and we and we get the the stories. We, we obviously have contacts at Wolves that, that we can try to speak to as well and, and sometimes they, they will able to help, sometimes they can't. So um, the sources are varied and, and, and uh, can be in any different sort of position you can you can imagine um which i won't go too much into detail for obvious reasons because we're obviously not allowed to to disclose who they are but um yeah it's not a case that you know <laughs> we there's sort of some sort of committee round table between me and you know all my colleagues and we sit down and say like oh you, you've got this you've got this you know we, we we just collect the information we we verify it um with our good relationship with with wolves we'll perhaps give them a heads up but we don't sort of 
um, you know, necessarily run it by them to say, look, oh, can, can we do it this time or whatever? You know, if we've got something and we're confident in it, we, we run the story. Um, and we definitely don't sit on juicy transfer gossip or, or news. Uh, we don't sit on it and uh, and not put it out for whatever reason. We don't get told not to put it out. If if I've got something and it's verified and I know it's true, then then I'll put it out um, straight away, instantly, as soon as, soon as I can. Absolutely. Um, how many goals has Nathan Collins scored this season, says Reggie? Yeah, I had a quick thought. I'm going to go <laughs> with a fairly high number, actually. Ooh, I'm okay. going to say he scores six. Wow, six goals? Yeah. Yeah. Six goals? Yeah, I'm going to go for Crikey. Six I, goals? I can't tell you being sarcastic now or not. Mate, six goals total or six goals in the Premier League? Oh, total. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean Premier League, so I should have made that clear. Total six. I think he's. I think he... Because he'll play, obviously, a lot of games this season, and um, I think he offers a very good threat aerially. He scored a, in his, you know, I think he scored two goals in nineteen for Burnley in the Premier League. He got one for Northern Ireland as well. I think he, you know, he's got he's got an eye for goal. I think six is not too crazy. Okay, it um, might be a little bit, but I, I'm going to go for. It. I'm going to have faith in the lad. If I mean, I, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm wrong on this, but. Um... If he scores six goals, I tell you what, Keno, this season we can do. You can, you can do a Nathan Collins goal watch. I will. If he scores six goals, I will um, get on the mat with you in a in a in a jujitsu um, um, exhibition bout, and also will name a pub where Wolves fans can come, and I will buy them a pint. I don't think he scores six. I hope he does. I don't think he does. I think he scores no, three. No, you definitely hope he doesn't now because you've just promised something that is going to be very painful. <laughs> for you. For, uh, you, for you, my old son. For my wallet. I'll tell you what, if he gets a hat-trick at Ellen Road on, on Saturday, we are laughing. <laughs> well, some of us will be. Um, okay, there we go. Heard it first there. I'm a man of my word, I'll do it. Um, chicken ticket bites or lamb kofters, says Stu. Both very nice. I'm going to go with Tika. Yeah, I'll go with Tiku as well, to be fair. Just that little bit of less fat and grease, to be fair. You've got to cook it well, though. Um, Mr. Jose says, what happened to all the talk of A, rebuilding the ground, B, making small improvements to each stand, and C, the corner build between Steeple and the South Bank? Yeah, it's um, it's in, obviously, we're well aware of the, the Jeff Shee comments to say that, look, the, the stadium is doesn't come first over the first team and, and probably a lot of the academy as well. So um, you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt, really, and that it's not a massive priority, and that's still the case. But um, albeit it's something I can't answer now, the rest of it, I will uh, I will promise to uh, to get on that one and uh, and see what else I can find out because hopefully there'll be some movement on it. But it's again, it's, it's not the priority. Is there a specific fixture that you are looking forward to this season and why? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Spurs away, even though it's very soon because the stadium is just absolutely sublime. I just love going there. It's just such it's it's one of the best stadiums in the world, and the facilities are amazing. I just love it. I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, I would say Spurs away too. Um, I do think the Emirates is a great place um, yeah, to go. I I think it's very enjoyable. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress slightly, and we, we kind of got cheated on this last year. But I'm gonna say Newcastle away because we didn't really get a proper night out in Newcastle, and actually, um, it's such a great city that if we can finally get a three o'clock kickoff, we can have a proper shindig, and uh, and that would definitely be something that would appeal to me. So I'm gonna say Newcastle away. I hadn't thought of that, but you're talking my language. You love it. You love Perfect. it. Tell me to an alcoholic overnight, baby. 
Um, let's have a look. Last one. Let's see this last one. Who are we going to go to? Ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's go to the Wolfpack. Should we be targeting a versatile striker that can play in multiple positions? Triori will go and Chiquinho injured. Need more backup on the wings. An experienced striker will get fed up on the will get fed up on the bench like Catroni did. Should we go for someone like Gabigol uh, that can also play as a right winger? Um, I, I, don't, I think it's a pretty sensible suggestion. Yeah, I think um, particularly the way Wolves play and, and, and if they are going to stick with this sort of four three three or four two three one, it would make sense. I think it would make a lot of sense. So um, yeah, I'm not totally totally against that, but potentially I think you know Bruno was looking at getting a player in who has probably got more of an aerial threat and can be uh, not necessarily an old school target man, but maybe someone closer to that mould. Um, so if they are to bring in. Uh, a striker or or forward who's more versatile. They potentially would need a different option as well, just to to give them those kind of um, those kind of options really in the squad. And it's not guaranteed they're going to bring in two forwards. Um, so if I was to choose between the two, it, it would it would be a sort of out and out striker for me. Um, but I think it's a pretty sensible suggestion to say that look, if we can get a player in that offers more in different positions, then, then, then why not? I think, you know, the, the Wolf squad can only benefit from it. Yeah. A um, couple of things. First of all, before we go, football prizes, 7.30 tonight. They've outdone themselves again. Ends at 7.30. They can win. You can win a Jose Sarr signed and customer-friend goalkeeper's glove plus, plus 100, 100 pounds to spend in the Wolves Club shop. £3.95 for an entry. There's only about 40 tickets that have gone, so a 1 in 40 chance of that. And you get a 10% discount code with the code WOLVESPODDY. It's an absolute no-brainer. The, the, the glove looks class as well. I don't, know what, I don't know what it is, but a signed glove just looks good, doesn't it? A signed boot or a signed glove. I think I prefer to a shirt. What do you reckon, Keith? It, do, it does look pretty good. Um, I, particularly if you get framed... Signed yes. glove as well. It looks, it looks very nice. Framed, worn, signed glove. Nice signature. Get involved. 7.30 tonight. That is Thursday, August the 4th. Um, and one more thing before we go on to Leeds United, which I've completely forgot. What else have I got to mention? There's something else. What have I got to mention, Keno? What else is happening? Ah, oh, fancy Premier League. Fancy Premier League. Uh, restarts. Kino, you're, you're psyched about this this year. I can tell. We had a discussion about it. You're back in. Fortunately, I came in the top 10 last season. So those winners who came above me, please contact and we will make sure that you get your prize. New Wolves Poddy Code. Remember, the game and the season kicks off tomorrow night. It's Arsenal Palace, isn't it? I think, I believe, tomorrow night. Arsenal Palace Friday Night Football. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> wow, wow. You don't know I when should, the Premier League I? season kicks off. I should. I'm pretty um, sure I can it's confirm, Palace I can confirm Arsenal. it's Palace Arsenal. Palace Arsenal. Um, that New Wolves poddy code, I, I tweeted it out uh, a couple of days ago. It is, if you're doing it now, M for Mother, N for November, M for Mother, T for Tango, T for Tango, N for November, M, N, M, T, T, N. Get yourself involved. Um, do you know what I'm going to do this year? Because I haven't been to this establishment, but loads of people love it. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's any good. But people, especially the young, the youngish folk, and I assume that the, the younger folk play the fancy Premier League uh, this year at Kino. So um, anyone who finishes above me and A-N-D Kino this year, so pretty much it means me, because you know, I'm the one who's obviously you know, the one who finishes above everybody else, um, will get... Uh, we'll, we'll take them to dinner, Kino. We're going to take them to dinner... 
We're going to take them to a place called Grillit because the cool kids like Grillit. Have you ever been there? Oh, I've actually never heard of it, to be honest with you. Okay, let me have a look where it is. But everybody on my discussions grill it. I shouldn't be saying Wolverhampton. Let me have a look. Grill it. The people who will know, they'll, 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 be, they'll be shouting and screaming at the microphones here. It's a restaurant takeaway called Grill It in Wolverhampton. Um, looks decent, to be fair. Burgers, some chicken, some meat. Um, but yeah, apparently it's like um, it's, it's the place to go to. So um, I'm trying to find where it is. Let's have a look. Um, it's on Tettenhall Road. Is that a place? Tettenhall? Tettenhall? Tettenhall. Tettenhall. Well, there is also one on the Stafford Road as well. Oh, there is. Yeah, is that closer? Uh, Stafford Road's uh, probably, uh, it might be a bit closer to the centre. Don't know where any of those places are, Stafford Road or Tettenhall Road, but anyway. One of those will take you there if you finish above us to a, a free grill. It can't say fairer than that, can you? I mean, oh, as long as you're paying, happy days. Oh, kid, I've just seen your wage rise. You're into six figures now, so you'll have to, you'll have to contribute. It'd be nice, surprise. wouldn't it? It would be nice. Right, Leeds United, it's Leeds versus Wolverhampton Wanderers, three o'clock. This Saturday, the season begins. How are we looking, Liam Keane? A little bit about Leeds first. Um, they, I mean, Wolves have, have made a plethora of signings this season, Keane. A plethora. I mean, literally one. But Leeds, they have signed some players. Now, that could be good or bad. Jesse March under, I would say, one of, one of the managers under initial early pressure to, to get some results as well. Can they make it? Can they blend it? Can they make? Can, can they start well? Um, it might be a good time to play them with a lot of players, like you say, who have just been brought in into this side. Uh, but they're always going to have threats, of course. Patrick Bamford being one of them. Yeah, and I think they they've looked fairly decent over pre-season. Their last pre-season friendly uh, on Saturday, they won six-two against Italian side Cagliari. So. Uh, they're, they're doing okay. They're doing all right. Um, yeah, I think it's an important point that they've got a few players to sort of integrate um, new signings. That is uh, against Cagliari, they played a four-two-three-one. Um, Christensen, who's a new player for them, they, he played right back. Uh, Rocker and Adams, two new midfielders, were like a midfield two in the in the four-two-three-one. Um, Aronson was a new player who played out wide. So you know, there's, there's four players there already um, that would straight into the starting eleven for that for that friendly. Um, it's a pretty, you know, similar system to what we're used to seeing with Leeds. Um, as I've already mentioned, they're they're known, particularly under Bielsa, but I think it's pretty much the case under under Jesse March as well. Is that they're quite intense, they press quite heavy, particularly at home when it's going to be a good atmosphere. They they will use that to their advantage, and, and Wolves are going to have to be prepared for that for what will be quite a hostile atmosphere. Um, one small thing I picked up on, which you know, unless there's something I'm missing in the squad or again I could be wrong come Saturday but Pascal Stryker I hope I'm pronouncing that right um, he played left back for them of course he's normally a, a centre back can play uh, sort of defensive midfield as well uh, he played left back for them they've got uh, injury issues I know Dallas is in a boot at the moment um, and, they, and they've got injury issues elsewhere so that could be an interesting area I suppose for Wolves uh, Wolves to exploit because albeit yes they'll have a bit more height and, and sort of physical presence from set pieces with him being there you'd hope that um, I suppose in terms of agility and speed and, and and I suppose recovery Wolves whether it's Gibbs White whoever it might be on that side might be able to, to get the better of him um, so there's, there's it's you know some interesting interesting points um, Rodrigo as well playing behind Bamford uh, in that sort of number 10 role um, he scored a few against Cagliari as well so um, they, they've got a lot of danger, of course they do. They, they, you know, I think they're, they're still a pretty 
pretty handy side. It's difficult to know too much about the signings and, and where they're going to be until they sort of settle in. But um, it's not the easiest of starts. It, look, it's not a top six club, but it's not a um, it's not a relegation fodder. Look, they might go down, but I think they're they're, they're so strong, particularly at home, and, and the the intensity they bring. I think it's going to make it difficult. But Wolves are more than capable. And and looking at Wolves. Um, I think we probably all know what to expect, to be honest, which is unlike, which is, yeah, it's normally unlikely with Bruno. He normally springs some surprises, but I'd be surprised if it's anything other than four-three-three, um, with with Sarri in goal, Johnny and Aitnori, uh both fullback, Kilman and Collins. I think is going to be the centre half pairing. Mm. Neves sitting deepest in midfield, and Moutinho and Dendonka just ahead of him. Gibbs White and Neto either side of Daniel Pedence. Um I'd be surprised if it's anything other than that. Um, one, because of the way the friendlies have gone and the way they've performed. Two, because, to be honest, there, there isn't actually that many other options. Um, looking at the bench, if Sarkic is available, um, obviously he was meant to be back in training this week, so if he's available, you'd imagine he'd be, he'd be on the bench. You've got a lot of defenders in Cody, Bolly, Totti Gomez, Mosquera. Uh, of course, none of them fullbacks, but Gomez and Mosquera have both been playing fullback in pre-season. Midfield-wise, you're looking at Kundal and Ronan as probably your midfield options on the bench. Uh, and then going forward, it's Chem Campbell, you'd imagine, probably makes the bench because of a lack of players available, and then Huang Hee-Chan. So there's not a, there's, when you look at that, that bench in particular, there's not a, you, you know you can see the, the issues with, with depth and, and, and players to, to bring in there. But um, I think for Wolves, it's probably pretty straightforward. If it's anything other than that formation and that starting eleven, I'll be, I'll be very surprised. Hmm. Um... Right, the biggest part of the show, after your disaster last season of not getting one prediction correct when it really mattered, we are. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know if, if if I'm a glutton for punishment, but I'm going to trust you for the first game this season. If you get the correct correct prediction, the correct score, we're going to be giving away a full, beautiful, brand new pre-match playing shirt to the winner. How is that? Sounds pretty good to me. I'll go first, and I'll, oh. I'll finish. I'll finish with. I think you're going to say the same as me, though. I've already got it in my head. With you. Finish with you. So I'll go first, and if you want to copy me, you know, because you're a bit nervous about your your. No, I've already fine. got it. I'm ready to. I'm ready to say it. So I'm going to say it's going to be Leeds United one, Wolverhampton Wanderers one. I'm going to That's start exact- the season. Ugh. Okay, now don't Mate, give me that. I swear. It's I swear. I swear. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's a score draw for me. Is it a score draw from you? Yes, I'm going one. I'm not changing my mind just because you've cheated and gone ahead of me. I how can I cheat and go first, not knowing what you're going to predict? No, you, you must somehow. You must have known. That's exactly so, what I was going to say. As per Nathan Judah's uh, prediction, I would like to uh, say it's one-one. Shut up! It's absolutely unbelievable. One-one. I'm going for it. What going? What, what's who's scoring? Who's scoring the goal? I mean, is there an extra prize for the goal scorer as well? No, or? just just shits and giggles. I, mean, I haven't sworn this podcast, so I felt like I needed to. Uh, Pedro Neto oh Neto I'll take that I'll take that Pedence to Neto goal um, goal goal yeah it's going to be a good one though mate and look loads of people are going to go to Leeds can't wait to see all the fans back it's going to be a great atmosphere just want them to start well don't we they really need to start well get a good Get. I mean look if they can get a win great but get out there with a point and then you go at home to, to Fulham is it the following week uh, it is at home. At so home if they can get four, regardless, if they can get four, be undefeated from the first two games, get four points on the board, then I think most people will probably take that. Would you? Would you? Would you? Yeah, agree? I think that's. Yeah, I think that's pretty. That'd be a pretty decent return. Amazing. And I, I tried to get a lift back with you because I'm getting the train there. 
on Saturday from London. Um, and uh, you know, you you're staying in there? You're, you're on the piss again? <laughs> well, I've got a, a, a mate from uni who lives. He now lives there, so I'm going to be having a couple of beverages. Oh, in Leeds. So if, uh, if if any Wolves fans see you in Leeds and maybe uh, and they've won, maybe you might get them a a little tequila, a little a little vodka, a little well, chaser. The, the other way around, hopefully. Wow, always on the scrounge, bloody hell. You Spears, who's next? Incredible. God right, man. let's go. Um, Kino, I'll see you at Ellen Road. I'll see everyone else at Ellen Road. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm sorry we've gone on too long, but look, so much to talk about. And if you're driving up to the game, there's 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 83 minutes that you'll never ever get back. From me, from Kino, have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>